Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut welcomes you to this edition of Shi'ar Jeshub. Let's join Pastor Greg Scalzo as he continues the Heavenly Authority series. We've been speaking about the joyous fellowship of the saints of the Lord Jesus Christ, the unity of the body of Christ being one bread. And how do we get to that point that Jesus prayed for as we studied in the Last Supper? The last time we spoke about the gaping hole of disagreement on different teachings among the churches that divide, that make factions, we saw the Lord's perfect will that we be one body, one bread, that there would be this communion of the saints, the fellowship of the saints. But we also made the distinction between being one in heart or spirit and one in the mind of Christ. True unity will always be in Jesus Christ. Anything else is false unity. It's a false type of peace. And when I say Jesus Christ, obviously we mean the true Lord Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible, the Jesus who is at the right hand of the Father, not some version, some counterfeit, some forgery that someone has made up to satisfy their teaching. The true Lord Jesus. Unity that is pleasing to him will always be based on the foundation laid by the apostles on the salvation we have in Jesus Christ that we must receive him as Savior. That is foundational, that he is the Messiah, that he is the Son of God, and that this is his word. That's what binds us together. And with this first level, we can unify if we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, if we believe he is the Son of God and we believe in his word. And that first level is necessary. Without it, we can't unify at all. We must be one in spirit. We must be one in heart, each one loving Jesus Christ with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength, and hungry for his word, the Bible. If we have that, we have the foundation. We are brothers and sisters in Jesus. And we can unify on that level being one in spirit because we have the same Lord. Anything apart from that goes way outside the boundaries. Any other discussion of unity apart from Jesus Christ is dangerous. It's false unity. There's a danger of compromise. There's the danger of deception. And as we discussed, much of modern ecumenicalism touches on this unity for unity's sake. Jesus, to them, becomes just one way to heaven. That's not of the Lord, it's refuse. Jesus Christ said, he is the way, the truth, and the life. No man goes to the Father but by him. Now don't mistake, we're called to love and pray and witness to those of other faiths, other belief systems, including atheists, agnostics. We're called to witness everyone is made in the image of God. Everyone has an eternal destination either in heaven or in the lake of burning fire. God is like the shepherd who loses the one sheep and goes off after them, and there's rejoicing in heaven when that sheep is brought back into the fold. So we are called to love and pray and try to witness to those of other faiths, other belief systems. There should not be hatred. There should not be 
anger toward them. But that's different than the fellowship of believers, who you are one with. What is the church of Jesus Christ? There is a difference between desiring to tell someone the eternal truth that can save them and being unequally yoked in fellowship with them. We are only to be one in communion with the saints of God. And even those who claim to be Christians, if they don't believe the Bible is the word of God, uh, if they're making it up as they go along, whatever seems right to them in their own eyes, not what Jesus desires, what Jesus wants, if they have a loose faith that is no faith at all, and they don't love the Lord Jesus Christ with all their hearts and all their souls, are they his in truth? Do they belong to the fellowship of the saints? I would say no. That doesn't mean we don't reach out to them and pray for them and try to show them the love of Jesus to bring them into the kingdom. But we're speaking about the unity, the fellowship of the body of Christ. Can we allow, as in modern ecumenicalism, all different thoughts and waves of teaching and ideas to just flood in that replace the Lord Jesus Christ? The answer is clear. We read it two weeks back, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 21. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and of the table of demons. Or do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? We are to have communion in the body of Christ. We are to have communion in the blood of Christ. That's the symbolism of the table. And those that make Christ their Lord and Savior are part of that communion. Anyone else that tries to imitate it is a thief a deceiver. And those that are deceived by them, we should pray for and desire them to come in to the kingdom, but they're not part of the kingdom. Now, with those who really love the Lord Jesus Christ, who truly desire to follow him, to have his word in their lives, we should be able to fellowship and have a unity, even if there's areas that we disagree. It's very hard to find two Christians that totally agree on every single aspect of the Bible. And if you're waiting for that, you'll never have any fellowship. However, there's a second level. The first level is unity of the Spirit, to be one in the Lord Jesus Christ, one in heart. But the second level, there are important details of the faith that divide those who are sincere believers. So we don't speak with one voice as we're supposed to. We studied that last time. We should be speaking with one voice to the world. There's power when we speak with one voice. And there are issues that divide true, sincere believers. And we will never be able to unify effectively unless we are one in the mind of Christ, seeking and knowing his will in each situation receiving his mind, and then becoming powerful as the Lord Jesus Christ prayed at the Last Supper, because we're not just one in heart with the same Lord. We're not just one in spirit. Now we're one in the mind of Christ. We speak with one voice. We have received his will, his mind. Until the church comes together in the one mind of Christ, you will not have the effective, powerful unity that Jesus prayed for. We saw some of the keys last week to getting to that point of being 
as we read, the perfect man, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We read in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, the attitude, the proper attitude of bearing with one another, with long-suffering, lowliness, gentleness, Ephesians 4, 2, bearing with one another in love. Love must be the attitude, the motivation, in trying to pull together the church of Jesus Christ. In verse 7 of chapter 4, I don't believe we read this last week, it says, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. The ascension of Jesus Christ meant gifts for his church. And then down in verse 11, he explains more. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. For, and here's the reason, for the equipping, the building up of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. There needs to be true, sincere, spirit-anointed leaders, those with gifts that the Spirit determines, that God appoints. And we should pray that God raises up people in different areas, those with gifts of being apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, true gifts of the Holy Spirit to speak the word of the Lord to bring the church into that place of being the perfect man. And then he says down in verse 14 that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love. We may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ, not deceived, no longer being led by false teachers false prophets, false leaders, rather having the truth, speaking the truth, as he, Christ, directs. He is the head. He is the omnipotent one. He is the one that should guide his church through his word and through his Holy Spirit. So those were keys we saw last time. But how do we have the fullness of the measure? How do we receive knowledge? We know that Love is an important motivation. The gifts of the offices of the Holy Spirit are necessary. We know we need to come to the unity of the faith. One knowledge. How do we obtain that knowledge? How do we receive knowledge so that where there's differences, we can agree? Some people speak about doctrinal rigidity. And they say, well, is it good for a church to have doctrinal rigidity? Or is it bad? Well, the answer is it depends. If the doctrinal rigidity is correct, if it's the truth of God, it's good, but if it's not, it's bad. It's very hard to get rid of that which you were taught when you were younger. If you were taught something wrong when you were younger, it's very hard for the Lord to break through and correct it. What are you being unshakable about? What areas are you being rigid about? Too often, such rigidity depends on what the church is, or the denomination, or as I said, where you're born. Among those that love the Lord, usually for the most part, the doctrine 
and the teaching is normally correct for the most part. If they love the Lord and they have the Bible, in most matters, they're not going to be far off. But it's that part, those areas we differ in, those parts which are not right, and that's the place where Satan attacks, where we don't have the mind of Christ. That's where we're weakest, where we close our ears to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. That's where we can have bad problems that may never be corrected in this world because we've been taught something wrong and we've closed our ears and the Spirit of God can't break through, and that's where you have differences, you have factions. When you speak about a knowledge of the truth, it's a difficult area. What is truth? Pilate looks at Jesus, what is truth? Now we know Jesus is truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. But how do we know his mind on each and every issue? Sincere believers that have different opinions. There is one Jesus. There's one mind. How do we find it? What is, rather than doctrinal rigidity, what is God's spiritual truth and wisdom? We want to find the mind of Christ, and then when we have the mind of Christ, then we want to hold on with all our being. And we don't want to look to the left. We don't want to look to the right. We want to run straight ahead to Jesus Christ. How do we get there? If we do that, that is so much superior than just inherited doctrinal rigidity because we know that we know that this is the mind of Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean that we should disregard the true believers who have gone before us in church history. Join Pastor Greg on the web for serious Bible study. The address is www.shiarjashub.org And may the Lord bless you as you serve Him.